0: Good morning. morning. Everything that we're about as a church is helping people connect with God. Everything that we do, we run it through that filter. Is this going to help people connect with God in a more effective way? Several months ago, we began talking about this series that we're wrapping up today called My Mission. We asked the question, what would it look like if every person who called LifePoint their church home started not just to know the mission of helping people connect with God, but to live it out on a day-to-day basis. So five weeks ago, we started on this journey called My Mission. If you're here for the first time today, you got to go online, go to our website, click on My Mission, and look at some of the resources that we have to help you find your mission. Even Even for those of you here for the first time, you can go on there, you can find a bunch of great resources for you to find out What would it look like if I lived the Jesus mission in my life on a day-to-day basis? We started out talking about what is Jesus' mission, and we found out that Jesus' mission is to help reach, restore, and reproduce. Reach people where they are, restore them into a relationship with God, and teach them how to reproduce their faith in others. There's a quote that's attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, and it says, Preach the gospel always, and when necessary, use words. Anybody heard that before? Preach the gospel always, and when it's necessary, use words. Living on mission means that eventually you're going to have to talk about why you do what you do. Why why do you pray the way you do? Why, Why are you such a person of prayer? Why do you have, we talked about eating like Jesus one week. Why do you have all these strange people in your home and meet these strange people out to have meals with? Why do you serve like you do? We're in the middle of we serve month. I'm going to tell you more about that later, but a whole month dedicated to service in our community. Sooner or later, if you're a follower of Christ, you are going to have to verbally explain to someone why you do what you do. What is your motivation? And my guess is that's the hardest part of living like Jesus for us to do. Because prayer, if we're going to pray like Jesus, we can do that on our own. And if we're going to eat like Jesus, which means just sharing meals with others to develop relationships, or you're going to eat anyway, so you know, it's kind of easy just to bring somebody else in on that. And then serving like Jesus, well, that's rewarding to go and, and, and do whatever to serve other people. But then talking like Jesus, actually communicating to someone about my faith, well, that gets personal. And it's hard to open up and share and talk about this faith that we have. If you're here and you're not a follower of Christ yet and you haven't made that step into the family of God, it's really hard for those of us who follow Christ to talk about our faith sometimes in a very open way. To talk about how Jesus has changed our lives. It's really difficult sometimes to bring up that subject. Because we don't know, is this person going to think I'm a weirdo? Are they going to think I'm a fanatic? And it's not that those of us who know Christ don't want you to know. It's just a fear. Well, how are they going to respond? Are they going to like me anymore? Are they going to want to be my friend? Do I, get to, do I get to hang out with them anymore after I talk to them about Jesus? This message is about conquering that fear as we learn how to talk like Jesus. Because I'm convinced if we learn how, then we'll enjoy it, and we'll do it. Did anybody have part-time jobs going through college? I had like 20 of them. And one summer, my part-time job was, I worked at this plate glass company, and I got I delivered glass. I drove one of those vans that had the big piece of glass on the side, and it was a lot of fun. And one day, the, the, the guys who ran the shop and all that, they... They found out I went to school, found out I was a college kid, and, and I told them what I wanted to do, which at that time, one of my many career choices that I w- thought I would make was be a professor and teach on a university level, and so I, would, I told the guys that, and these guys were all old, hardened, manual laborers, so they started calling me Professor. That's their name for me. Hey, Professor, how you doing this morning? Well, one day, this old guy that was the shop foreman said, hey, Professor, could you go over there on that forklift? and bring those, those big pallets of glass over to this side of the warehouse. And I was like, are you kidding? Like, I've never driven a forklift. He goes, ah, oh, don't worry about it. You're smart. You're a college boy. You can figure it out. So I go over in the place full of plate glass now, and I, I drive, I figure out how to drive it. Nobody showed me. I just figured it out. And after I learned how to do it, that was That was a lot of fun, you know, because it steers from the back, you know the wheels in the back turn so you can like turn that thing on a dime, and I began to enjoy driving the forklift. In fact, I would come in some mornings and they would just say, "Hey professor now i 'm going to the forklift i 'll see you later. I would just go drive it, and it became a blast. What used to scare me to death became a lot of fun, and when you conquer your fear of verbally talking about your faith, it will move from something that it's scary that you don't know what to say and you don't know what somebody's going to say back to something that actually becomes a lot of fun to do. And you'll start to look for opportunities to share your faith because it will be a blast and an opportunity. So I'm going to share a couple of stories with you today that, that will give you the confidence to speak like Jesus. Jesus. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now. If you don't have one, just raise your hand. Hand, the usher will give you one. It's yours to keep if you want an extra Bible if you don't have one. Or you can just use it today and follow along in there. Or you can also read on the screen as I read from several different sections of the New Testament. We started in week one with talking about Jesus' mission and how you could no better see Jesus' mission than this story in the book of John chapter 4, when Jesus met up with this woman at a well, he went to get some water because he was thirsty, and he met up with this woman at the well, and the place where we started this series is where we're going to end it, because Jesus' interaction with this woman that you can read about all through John chapter 4 shows us this is how you talk like Jesus. Jesus. So, in the conversation that Jesus had with this woman, he just went there to get water, and she shows up, and her life is a mess. She lives far from God. She's living an ungodly lifestyle, and he starts to talk to her about her, about hope, and about faith, and about worship. And they have this conversation about the Messiah. And she doesn't realize who Jesus is, and and they're having this whole big conversation about the Messiah. And she says, well, I know that their Messiah is coming. And he's going to help us understand all the things that we just talked about. And then Jesus looks at her and says these words in verse 26. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. So Jesus spoke to her in such a way that caused her to ask more questions. And because of this one conversation, this woman who showed up to the well living far from God, left the well in a relationship with God. And the story goes on to say that she went to her hometown and she started to tell people, you've got to come and see this man, Jesus. You've got to come and listen to him. And the story ends by saying that many people in that town believed in Christ because of her testimony about Jesus. So her story... Caused people to make a decision for Christ. You have a story in you. If you're a follower of Christ, you have a story that will cause people to ask more questions, that could cause people to say, I want in on that. That could cause people to say, Well, I want that kind of a relationship. There is a story in you that can lead others into a relationship with Christ. How cool is that? I mean, that's Jesus' plan. You. You're it. He's not going to drop leaflets from the sky. Nothing like that's going to happen. His plan is that people on earth will get in a relationship with him and then they will tell other people. And it's worked for over 2,000 years. The church is still alive. People are still getting to know Jesus. But if it's going to continue to grow and continue to have an impact on the 88% of the people in our county that don't even go to church on Sunday morning then we are going to have to move beyond all of our fears and start to talk about our faith. You might say, yeah, but that's Jesus. I mean, she got to talk to Jesus. I mean, of course he can talk about him. It's easy. I mean, he knows everything, so that's pretty easy. But she didn't. She left that conversation and talked about her faith when she was brand new to her faith. So if you're ever going to live your mission, you've got to realize this, that sharing my story is essential. There's another version of that St. Francis of Assisi quote that says, preach the gospel always and when necessary, use words. I've seen another one and I've actually heard it quoted and attributed to him that says, preach the gospel always and if necessary, use words. If I... And the word if, that kind of lets us off the hook because that means I can let people know about Jesus and I never have to say anything. I can just do really good things and put a fish sticker on the back of my car or an LPC sticker on the back of my car and then just show up at church and maybe ask somebody to come with me occasionally and I never have to say a word because Donnie will tell him when I get him there. And I don't have to say anything. If you're part of LifePoint, we, we expect you to do two things. One is, yes, invite somebody to church. We ask you to do that all the time. And you do it. You do a great job at asking friends and co-workers and and people at school. You do a great job saying, hey, come to church with me and check out my church. But that's only part of it. Keep doing that. But what needs to be added to that is to verbally be able to say, this is why I believe who Jesus is. Now, that's scary because the first thing people think is, well, I don't know enough. I'm scared. I don't want to seem like a weirdo. We need to be wise and sensitive when it comes to talking about our faith. But if we're going to connect people with God the way he wants us to, there will be times when words are necessary. I love this verse in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 14. It says, how can people have faith in the Lord and ask him to save them if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear unless someone tells them? So you're a huge player in the message of Christ being spread to people who need to hear it. Because they need it and they'll respond. But how can they have faith unless somebody tells them what it's like to have faith? So preach the gospel and if necessary use words, that doesn't cut it. When necessary, use words. And, and that quote originally was just trying to get people to, to have their walk and their talk match up. What you say you believe and how you live needs to match. And that's what he was trying to say when he says, preach it always and when necessary, use words. It means live your life in such a way that people know there's something different about this person. Think about it. You, you, wouldn't, you couldn't even imagine a relief organization saying... We're going to feed the hungry, and if necessary, we're going to use food. (laughs) Or a medical mission saying, "We're we're going to help the sick, and if necessary, we're going to give medicine. And I think the biggest reason most people don't share and don't say, don't give, don't speak about Jesus with their friends and with their coworkers is like, I'm afraid. I don't want to offend them. I don't, want to let my, I don't want to push my beliefs on you. Listen, there's an election coming up, and I'm on Facebook. You're not afraid of putting your beliefs on other people. Trust me. I see it. Well, you're not afraid to offend people by what you say. I see it all the time. I'm like, wow, that's pretty bold. So it can't be because you're afraid of speaking... Words that could possibly offend somebody else, I think it comes down to we don't feel equipped. In in first Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. The word revere there comes from a Greek word that just means to acknowledge, but it also means to separate worldly thought in your mind, to separate it out, and to consecrate your thoughts to God. So when you revere Christ as Lord, it makes you different. It makes you handle things differently. If someone were to say, hey, you handle your money really differently, why do you do that? Well, God has some very clear ways we're supposed to handle our money and that's why I handle my money that way. Hey, you know, you handle your schedule completely different. I don't see you stressed out and and having all this long list and you just can't get it done. And why do you do that? Well, God has some very clear ways that he wants us to live our lives. And I have my life arranged around what God would have me do. Those are great conversation starters. So it has to start with Christ being revered in my life, not where you're perfect, but to where you can un- you can verbally communicate this is why I live the way I live. So sharing my story, it's a lot easier if I know what to say. Cuz if you don't know what to say, it's it's scary. It's like I don't I, I I can't put five words together. I'm not good at talking. What what do I say? When I first followed Christ, it was in a small group of college students, and I can remember going to this Bible study that had maybe 15 or 20 college kids in the room, and the first time the leader said, hey, Donnie, could you start us off in a prayer? I was like, oh, geez, I've said very few holy things in my life. I'm brand new to this, and you want me to pray? And so I figured out about the time he would ask for, pr- ask for somebody to pray, I kind of got the timing down, and I would go to the bathroom. I would, I'm not, and it wasn't because I was afraid of talking in front of people. That didn't scare, that's never scared me. But what I was afraid of was, I'm unworthy to say this. I can talk about some other stuff, but I can't, you mean pray to God? I don't feel equipped to do that. I don't feel worthy to do that. And I think a lot of people think, well, my life is so messed up. It's a wreck. It's not perfect. So I can't, how could I possibly talk about my life and urge someone else to obey Christ when I blow it every single day? And you probably do blow it every single day, but you have this hope and this direction that makes you different. And that's what we need the confidence to be able to talk about. You may think, I don't know where all the verses are. What if somebody starts asking me all these deep theological questions? Just talk about You and your story and what Christ has done in your life. There's a story in the book of John chapter 9 where Jesus is going along with his disciples and they come up on this man who was blind from birth and Jesus heals him and he can see. And the religious leaders who were always dogging every step that Jesus took were upset because, hey, you can't heal. What's this guy doing healing? And so they seek out this former blind man because they don't believe it really happened. And they end up kicking him out of town. But before they do that, they're asking his parents, hey, is that really him? And then they go to the blind man who can now see and they say, all right, we, this guy Jesus is a sinner. He's a blasphemer. He's, he's a bad guy. He's a sinner. What do you think? And you're saying this guy healed you and he's a sinner? And listen what the blind man, former blind man said in verse 25. He gives a response that no one can argue with. Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. That guy didn't know one verse of scripture. All he knew was when somebody said, you're different. What's different about you? He's like, there's a lot I don't know about Jesus. But I do know that I used to be one way. And I met up with Jesus, and I'm now completely different. And just thinking about those three turns in this blind man's life can get you the confidence you need to be able to speak boldly about your faith. Just write down these three words, before, how, and since. So when it's time to verbally talk about your faith, to speak like Jesus as you're living your mission and helping people get connected with God, when it's time to say, let me tell you a little bit more about my faith just before, how, and since. What was your life like before you knew Christ? What were you doing? What was going on? How messed up were you? How how bad of a direction were you going in? How bad were your habits? How bad was your addiction? How bad... Where things going? You can just talk about that. Like, my life was a wreck. It was a mess. And I had this huge hole. And I lived so far away from God. I was doing all this horrible stuff. Now, I know some... There's a lot of kids in here who have been at LifePoint the last seven, seven and a half years and they've grown up at LifePoint and, and they've grown up in our 252 area learning about Jesus from a young age and they accept Christ and they, they get baptized and they, they start to serve. So don't feel like, if that's you, don't feel like you got to go out and do some bad stuff so you can have the story. You got that, kids? You don't have to go do bad things. It's good if you don't have the bad part of the story. But the reality is many of us do. And even if you found Christ as a little kid and you've never, you've never done any bad stuff, you've never kicked puppies or whatever, you've never done bad things, <laughs> you still have a story of, you know what, before, there was this day that I didn't really know Jesus. And maybe you were eight years old, it doesn't matter. Maybe you're 28 years old. But there was a time in your life where you came to an understanding that you didn't know Christ and your life was going in one direction. So before Christ, what was your life like? That's all you have to talk about. Maybe it was great. Maybe it wasn't. Just talk about it. And then how? What was going on? How did I I come to know that Jesus was the answer? Gosh, I I, I really, I don't have time. I would love to just go through my story. Because I got a very clear before, a very clear how, and a very clear since. But how did that happen? Was I going to church? Did somebody invite me to a Bible study? Did somebody else verbally share? But how was it that Jesus came into my life and then, since Christ, this is what's different about me. This is what's different about my hope. This is what's different about the way I live. This is the difference that Christ has made and the impact his forgiveness has made in my life. And this is, since I've accepted Christ and and really learned about how he wants me to live, my thoughts, my attitudes, my emotions have all changed. So before Christ, how I met Christ, and since I've met Christ, just tell your story. Because that is irrefutable. That will inspire others. And your story might be short and not full of all kinds of closets and twists and dark turns but it's no less important of a story and your story that God has given you because you've intersected your life with his will will change other people and if you're here and you don't know who Jesus is and you're like I want a story just come and talk to me or any of the other pastors that you see leading up here. We would love to share our stories with you and then you'll have a story. Great stories inspire us and every single person who's ever followed Christ has one. No matter what your story is, it's a story of God capturing a heart and turning it towards Him. And if we're ever going to live our mission if we can ever say I'm on mission, we have to learn and we have to get the confidence to boldly share what Christ has done in our lives. So as we've gone through this series to help help you discover, well, what's your mission? What's my part in helping people connect with God? Every week we've given you a missional practice from the ministry of Jesus. Praying like Jesus, eating like Jesus, serving like Jesus. And now, talking like Jesus, which just means telling my story. You can do that. If you want to know more about that, just write story on the back of your WhatsApp card. And we'll, we'll, we'll get you together and we'll talk to you about how you can learn how to do that. If you're in a life group, this week the life group discussion will guide you through how to write your story and share your story. If you're not in a life group, still go online and download In the My Mission section of the website, download the the discussion guide for this week for life group leaders. Anybody can download that and just work through it with your family. And start to share your story. And when you start to take that step and it starts to become fun to talk about your faith. And to talk about your story. You'll be one step closer to being on mission and living it. Let's pray. God, thank you for these last five weeks of being able to just look into the ministry of Jesus and see how we can live on mission, how we can help people get connected with you. God, thank you for entrusting us with that responsibility, and I pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. Throughout the last five weeks, I've heard some really cool stories about people who have said well hey this is this is our mission specifically small groups like small groups saying this is what we're going to do we're going to adopt this school or we're going to we're going to adopt this organization and we're going to work all the time right now we're doing we serve now i don't think that in 5 weeks everybody's going to say oh i found it i found my mission so that's why the month of october is full of service opportunities if you just go to our website click on we serve in the my mission section you will find A video that explains how you can look at the We Serve calendar and sign up for something. In the first week, over 200 hours have already been filled. Already, people have served. This weekend is our in-town youth retreat called Encounter. And if you notice new mulch and, and weeds cut around the school, it's because some of our teenagers were here all morning yesterday doing that. Others were out in a field gleaning to help with the food bank put all those hours together and we're well on our way to accomplishing our mission throughout the month of October that everybody jumps in to a service project. In the book of Matthew 28, if you open up your Bibles, in the book of Matthew chapter 28, if you open up your Bibles, there's a, there's a heading that the, that the translators put in. It's called, it says the great commission. It's been called that for centuries. And what it is, is Jesus' Telling his disciples, go and live out around people what I have taught you. And he gives them some some very specific ways to do that. Go teach people. Go make disciples. Go baptize them. Go teach them to obey what I've commanded you. Go out and make a difference is what Jesus was telling. And because those 11 people listened to what Jesus said You're here today. So what impact is going to be made in the future? Because you say, I'm going to obey Jesus' commission to go out and make a difference with his message. There's some life group leaders that already know that that they're going to come down. So life group leaders and people in that group, I want you to come down. Because I just want to have a special prayer over you to let you feel commissioned to go and live your mission. So y'all come on down and just stand here on the front. And these life groups have have committed to living the mission of helping people connect with God through a, a variety of ways. Some of them are still working on okay, which one of these which one of these is going to be our mission. So all these people up here they've said, "We're in. We're doing this. We're going to live our mission." Now, I realize that not everybody in here is in a life group. If you see your life group leader, you have a mission. You better come up here. (laughs) Not everybody's in a life group. But there are other people in here that I know that throughout this series, you've said, I know what my mission is. Or at least you've said, I want to find it. Joel's going to sing just a brief song, and we're all going to stand and if as an individual before i pray for everybody and commission them from the, on behalf of the church leadership to go and live their mission i would love to include you in on that as well so if you found your mission or you're committed to making sure you find it and how you're going to help people connect with god just come down and stand with these folks as we sing this song we can stand now here I- God, thank you for these people who have committed to helping people get connected with you. God, thank you for their obedience and them conquering their fears and the unknown. And God, may every person in the group, in groups, and may every individual who said, I, I, I know my mission or I want to find out what it is, God, may you bless every effort. Father, as they go and they are sent by you, may more people know the saving message of Jesus Christ because of what they do. And God, for those that they will serve and for those that they will tell about Jesus, may you entrust us people who are far from you so we can help them get connected to you. Thank you for all these people standing here who have committed and who are part of our church and want to help us with the mission of helping people connect with you. Bless them. Thank you for them. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you all.